joined on the podcast today by Yvonne Smith, who is an intuitive life and parent coach. Yvonne, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. It's lovely to be here. That's a pleasure. Um, Now, I would love it if you could tell my listeners a little bit about how you got into being a parent coach. Okay. Um, Well, how I got into being a parent coach really comes back to my own personal journey with parenting. Um, I was struggling. Um, sort of my kids are now nine and ten so probably from you know they were maybe two and three that sort of age I started to really struggle um, with how I was parenting with you know being in a place where we seem to constantly be at loggerheads and I found it very stressful and I felt that they weren't getting a good experience of me. I wasn't getting a great experience of them. And I guess I turned to sort of, you know, a lot of the traditional parenting approaches that, you know, mainstream. And it was, you know, the naughty step and the reward charts and all of that. And I, you know, bought into all of that initially, but none of it seemed to work, first of all. and it didn't feel good. None of it felt good. Even reward charts, I couldn't cope with reward charts. I forgot about them. It didn't mm. seem to, it didn't feel right. None of it felt right. Um, so then I thought, right, there has to be something, a better way here. There has to be something that is going to make us all feel better and not be in this constant cycle mm-hmm. um, that we seem to be in. And... So I just started researching and I came across conscious parenting and Dr. Shefali Sabri in particular. Who yes. Yeah. Yes. I've just come across her myself. Yeah. So I came across her and really what she was saying kind of blew my mind <laughs> mm. um, because conscious parenting is very different to old school mainstream parenting approaches most parenting approaches are child centric they are all about how do i fix my child Mm -hmm. how do i get my child to do a b and c and not do x y and z how do i get my child to behave in inverted Mm -hmm. commas how do i get them to fit in with what i want and what i need Mm -hmm. and Conscious parenting flips this completely on its head and it's a parent-centric approach to parenting. And essentially what it says is, or how I have interpreted it for me, is how do I get out of my children's way sufficiently to enable them to flourish into the the truest and most beautiful version of themselves? Okay, so that's sort of how I encapsulate what that's about. And I guess the analogy that I use all the time with my clients and in what I do is that if you have an acorn, it has a blueprint within it to become an oak tree. So you plant an acorn and it will turn into an oak tree. Mm -hmm. If you have a sunflower seed, it has a blueprint within it to become a sunflower. And we have all of these different, you know, I use nature. We have orchids which are a bit more delicate we have weeping willows we Mm -hmm. have 
snowdrops, which are kind of delicate, but kind of hardy as well. And I truly believe and have very much bought into this, that our children come into this world with a blueprint for who they are going to be. Mm -hmm. And our mistake as parents is trying to change that. Mm -hmm. So our mistake as parents is we have a sunflower seed and we're trying to turn, we're trying to plant it and grow an oak tree. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's, that's sort of, you know, so I came across conscious parenting and it was like a huge aha moment. And what it requires us to do as parents is to figure out where we need to evolve, where we need to grow, where we need to question our own conditioning and Mm -hmm. programming Mm -hmm. to consider and question our own beliefs that we have sort of assimilated and absorbed and how can we become the truest and most beautiful version of ourselves and then meet our child exactly where he or she is without any agenda to change them okay what I really love is that you were struggling and um you took responsibility and 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 the ways are out there and you found it, which is, is, is really cool because a lot of people just um, live with stress and mm. unpleasantness and, and, you know, having, having a crap life. So, so that's really cool. And, um, you know, the phrase conscious parenting, gentle parenting, I've only come across this year. It's how long have these sort of theories been around, would you say? I would say like they've been around they've been around for 10 years or more but I mm. certainly didn't come yeah. across and I remember like I remember you know when my kids as I say were maybe around three and four going and picking up the books that are, were available in the local shops or whatever and they weren't conscious parenting mm. they were how do I fix my child you know yeah. things like descriptive praise and mm. rewards and natural consequences which I don't buy into either and they were all still about how do I fix my child I think Mm. stuff was out there but I actually feel that because a lot of it comes from America Mm -hmm. that it maybe didn't get here you know because nearly everybody that I have come across who is in this fear um or has been there are more people coming on board here like Rebecca Eanes I think is a UK sort of person she's written a good book but it's all come from America and it's come from psychologists, I guess, Mm -hmm. as well. So, Mm -hmm. and like I came across as well, Alfie Cohn, Unconditional Parenting. He's written a book called Unconditional Parenting. And again, American. And um, his whole philosophy, which I also incorporate, because my sort of umbrella, right, is conscious parenting. Now, conscious parenting is a lifelong endeavor. Right. It's not a... (laughs) It's not a... It's not a how-to. It's not yeah. a, there's no, It's not strategies. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, so it's a lifelong endeavor. It's a big umbrella. But then when I discovered that, I sort of went underneath that and came across attachment parenting, yeah. which has been again around for a long time, but I didn't know anything about no, it. I don't, know. And attachment parenting, part of attachment parenting is about co-sleeping, 
Um, breastfeeding until your children are, you know, two, three, whatever. Um, baby wearing and all. And I didn't do any of those things because mm. I missed the boat on all of that. And actually, to be honest, probably wouldn't have done any. Of that. I breastfed yeah. my kids as long as I could. I would. I couldn't have co-slept. Mm. It wouldn't have worked for me. No. But the 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 sort of um, underlying message in attachment parenting is all about how to create a strong attachment relationship with your child. Mm -hmm. And I was very, so I read a great book about that as well. And really that's about a particular type of attuned relationship with your child. Mm -hmm. And it's a relationship that is built on intimacy. Now intimacy, we tend to associate with romantic relationships. But if we take the word intimacy and we say into me see, mm -hmm. that is the basis of a strong attachment relationship where mm -hmm. both parent and child are deeply known to each other. So mm -hmm. your child knows your hopes and dreams and beliefs and values and all of that stuff. And you know your child in the same way, but you don't force your beliefs and hopes and dreams on your mm -hmm. child. You just have this equal... Acceptance. Yeah, and this kind of equal relationship, there's no hierarchy in it. Mm -hmm. So, and there's lots of kind of practical aspects of attachment of, of that relationship that can that can really help people, and, and mm -hmm. I do help clients with that. Then the unconditional parenting is all about how to parent without rewards and punishments. Mm -hmm. And again, that's about relationship and about connection and about holding space for our children and allowing them to be who they are and not trying to mold them mm -hmm. and all of that as well. So they're the sort of, you know, it's conscious parenting is my umbrella. I have attachment, attachment relationship in there, unconditional love and acceptance. And that sort of creates this, this whole sort of parenting piece for me. And, you know, I have changed how I, um, respond to how I communicate with how I connect with my children beyond all recognition really yeah completely and what's really interesting is that while back in those days I was looking for the fix how do I get my children to stop kicking each other under the table and causing a big row and how do I stop them doing xyz and how do I get them to do abc and I was looking for this fix but the interesting thing is although these approaches do not provide these fixes. Mm. What they do is they help us to create a relationship with our children. And when you have a fantastic relationship with your children, they naturally want to cooperate. Right. That's amazing. You know, they, they want to do things because you have this connection. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. you have this connect don't get me wrong they yeah. don't want to do everything I'm not, <laughs> you know i'm not a, i'm not a child whisperer you yeah. know it's like you know of course but for the most part mm -hmm. if you ask them to do something they will do it because of this relationship you have mm -hmm. and because of this respect you have for them mm -hmm. and that you're and just it's 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 beautiful and so i have you know, we talk, we're talking about, you know, taking the stress out of parenting. We think that we want to take the stress out of parenting by having a formula mm -hmm. and specific words to say or things to yeah. do to stop Tricks. 
see and create the X, Y, Z. But actually we don't, we need a relationship. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's sort of refreshing and, and, and wonderful to hear. So can you give us an example of like, um, how they want to do stuff for you? Um, right. And it's very specific example. Um, that's kind of hard because most things now if I ask them to do them they will they will say okay um Mm. I I think as well right whenever whenever they don't want to do something here's a good good example so let's say they are you know on tech which is every parent's struggle and mine still and it is something that we will navigate for years to come and will never be fixed to Mm. the way you know but say they're on you know and you're saying right I need you to come off that because you know it's dinner time Mm. it's like oh I don't want to oh just Mm. you know Mm. well the way to approach the way I approach this now I or try to when I remember is you know, yes, I know it's hard for mm. you to stop doing something that you really enjoy. Mm. So I'm respecting the fact that even though I I have no interest in the type of stuff that they do, mm. I'm accepting that, that they do and that that's part of who they are. Mm-hmm. And um, yes, I appreciate that it's hard for you just now. Yeah. And I can see, you know, I can see that you're enjoying what you're doing, um, but it's dinner time now. And for the most part, it's just like, okay. You know, so mm. because you have this relationship, I think as well, part of it is about, um, you know, the hierarchy. I, it's not about me. I'm in charge and you have to do everything I say. Yeah. It's like we have certain routines and rituals and, you know, around sort of sitting at the table for our mm. meals and there's no tech at the table and whatever. Um, and, you know, there's a, we just buy into those. We all mm. buy into those because we have a relationship. Yeah. I mean, there's, I remember listening, have you ever heard of Gabor Mate? Yes. I was actually just going to come on to you about that because I started reading his book. I, I haven't finished it, but yes, Which I have book? heard of Gabor Mate. I actually haven't read any of his books. How to Hold On To Your Kids. Ah, yeah. With it's Gordon about, Newfeld. Yeah. It's about peer orientation, but um, it's amazing, but it goes on. <laughs> I think I've shelved it. I've got the main points and I'm only halfway through. But anyway. Yeah, well, you no, know, I haven't read any of his books, but I've listened to quite a lot of his interviews. Mm. And I remember him saying something that stopped me in my tracks. And he said that, let's say your partner, you know, comes in from work and um, sits on the sofa and puts on their headphones and, you know, just sort of kind of ignores you. And if you ask him or her, to do something for you, they they grunt or don't listen to you or do it with very bad grace or, you know, um, you wouldn't put them on the naughty step. No, you would you would you wouldn't think there was something wrong with them. You would maybe you would maybe think maybe they've had a bad day. Maybe they're mm. going through some stuff. Or if this was happening as a repeated pattern, you would think there's something wrong with our relationship. Mm. And. I remember thinking, oh my God, yeah. If, you know, if my child doesn't want to do the things I want them to do generally, you know, yes, mm. there'll always be some things they don't want to do. But if we, if we don't have, and if they ignore me, and if they grunt at me, there's something wrong with our relationship. Yeah. 
Mm. And putting them on a naughty step is not going to mm. fix that. It's actually, mm. you know, I mean, the naughty step is the worst thing that was ever invented. And I'm right. saying that as somebody who used to put their children on them mm-hmm. when they were young. Um, but it's complete abandonment, you know, mm. it, and, mm. and it's, it's, I don't accept you. When you behave like this, I don't love you. Mm. That's, mm. that's what's telling them. I don't love you when you behave like that. I only love you when you behave mm. like this. Mm. So, mm. um, you know, and it's it's just a different type of relationship. And I'll give you an example too of something that happened a number of years ago. So a number of years ago, um, whenever my husband and I, my ex-husband and I were still together, um, there was a situation arose one evening at bedtime when my eldest, who was probably then, what age would he have been? Maybe six, maybe seven even, um, was on the tablet doing something and, you know, wouldn't, was like, no, I'm not coming. No, no, you know, and the approach was wrong too. It was like, come on, just finish that up now. No. And there ensued a sort of a battle between him and me and my ex-husband. And it, it, culminated, it culminated in me getting angry, my ex-husband getting angry, and the child having the thing pulled off him, put into his room and told that, you're not getting any tech tomorrow. Okay. Mm. So that, that's, that's what happened. Now that felt horrible, but it was sort of done. And it was like, you know, we all lost the pattern of ourselves basically. The next day he came home from school and he picked up the tablet, but then he looked at me and he went, Oh, I'm not allowed to have this. Am I? Mm. And I said, you know what? Yes, you are. Because I'm Mm. going to tell you something. Three people in this house didn't behave very well last Mm. night. And you're the only one getting punished. I said, nobody's Mm. punishing me. Mm. Nobody's punishing daddy. Mm. I don't believe that's fair. So yes, you are. Mm -hmm. Oh, lovely. Lovely. It reminds me of something that um, I saw where talking about how toddlers can have huge emotions and tantrums and crying. And if your best friend turned up to meet you and she was screaming and crying, would you say to her, stop crying, you are showing off, you're making a fool of yourself. What are people going to think of you if you behave like that? You know, you, you would say, oh my goodness, what's wrong? You know, you'd allow her to yeah. unfold. But yet when a child is having strong emotions, we, 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 we think they're being naughty or yeah. awful or try and stop them. And when I read that, I, I, was, I was really sad, actually. Yeah. Um, Sad for for myself because I've probably done that. Sad for, sad for my inner child because that happened to me. Yeah. Um, and sad for all the other people who believe that that is the right way to treat another human being, one who is so small and doesn't know how to conduct themselves and is having loads of overwhelming experiences. So when you start, when you learned about conscious parenting, um, how fast did things change in your? in your house and how much work did you have to put in? Um, probably not that fast because mm-hmm. it took me a while to, mm. you know, understand what this is actually about. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, my marriage was not in a great place either. Mm-hmm. So there was sort of that going on as well in the background. Um, and yeah, yeah, it, it took a while. And also because I came across things in a piecemeal fashion. Yeah. And also because a large part of the work of conscious parenting is working on ourselves. Yes. I mean, you mentioned the inner child there. I mean, that's a concept I hadn't heard of, you know, yes. and then came across in the, yes. in, the, in the journey. And I had to reparent myself. And, you know, a large part of the conscious parenting journey is about, is about doing our own work. Mm. And 
it's very hard to change the re- change how things are with your child until you've changed the relationship with yourself and mm. actually what i came to realize is very much so was that i was hugely disconnected from myself right and that was you know it, it it is in my opinion now it is impossible to have a deep connection with another human if you don't have a deep connection with mm. yourself so I had a huge amount of work to do on myself. And as I said, there was stuff going on elsewhere. And, you know, it, it took time and it was sort of incremental bits. Mm. There was little, little bits that sort of changed. Um, and, yeah, no, it, it took time. And I came yeah. across different things at different times. I was trying to, I also let, like, I was also up until 2013, um, so Max would have been four then. I was, I had a huge job. I was a managing director of a multi-million pound business. Um, so I had that sort of going on as well. Then I, I gave that up in 2013 and I started my own business. And at that point I was doing leadership um, training, coaching, um, and was hugely busy. And, you know, so you know, the actual sort of devotion to it wasn't, mm. wasn't there. And I still had a lot of stress in my life generally. So it was hard. So it, it took time. Um, but what I've been able to do now really, and it took me reading, you know, 20 different books mm. and doing a, a number of courses. I've done a course of Dr. Shefali's, one of her courses. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, listening to different people. And it took a, it took a while to put all the pieces of the jigsaw yeah into place and also for me to be able to get out of their way and get out of my own way and but now I feel that because I've done all that work Mm. over a period of years I'm able to condense it down now into the best parts and help people really quite quick much much more quickly Mm. than you know than I Mm. did myself Mm. yeah I mean you say in, in a child I've only really heard, read a book about that in January this year. And, mm-hmm. and I've been in, you know, the, the health and wellness business for nearly 20 years. So it, it is a journey, isn't it? Yeah. So um, what kind of issues do your clients come to you with? What do you, or what do you enjoy helping people with the most? Well, again, people often come to me with, how do I fix my child? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know I'll give you an example. A, a common example is, um, my child is very anxious mm-hmm. and, you know, um, you know, and, and how do, how do I fix that? How do mm-hmm. I make them less anxious? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we start with looking at, well, tell me what you feel about your child being anxious. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what are you believing about your child because they're anxious? What are you believing about yourself? Mm-hmm. because your child is anxious um and you know i've ha- like i had I've helped somebody recently whose child was anxious and what what it transpired was which is very common is that the mother herself was like she suffered from anxiety and she hated it so she didn't want her child to have it because right. it was like no my I, I don't want my child to have this so you know we talked about okay so tell me about your life you know and she was very happily married had a couple of kids a nice job and I said so you're actually doing okay in your life Mm -hmm. even though you have anxiety Mm -hmm. so 
you know, why then do you think that your child won't be able to cope in the world if they have some anxiety, you know? Mm -hmm. And then we talked about, because what was happening then as well was that the parents' anxiety was making the child worse. Yeah. Because it was being transmitted. The parents' anxiety about the child's anxiety mm -hmm. was, was seeping in, you know? And like I always say, our children marinate literally in our feelings. If we, were, if we couldn't speak a word, our children will still know exactly how we feel in mm -hmm. marinade literally mm -hmm. in how we feel and the energy that, that we give off. So um, she was able to, through working with me, accept her child as he was, which mm -hmm. was a huge relief for mm -hmm. her, a huge mm -hmm. relief. That's amazing. And to, and to be able to look at his gifts. And I, you know, and I met the child as well. And I was like able to point out you know, all these lovely things mm -hmm. and remind her about all the lovely things. She was looking at one thing mm. and forgetting about all of the gorgeous, magnificent things mm. about her little boy. Mm. Um, so I get great pleasure out of, you know, I don't help people fix their child because mm -hmm. that's not the point. You know, mm -hmm. I, yes, don't get me wrong. I help people with strategies, particularly around holding space for children's big emotions. You know, that's, mm -hmm. that's a big thing. People don't know how to do that. And mm -hmm. I didn't know how to do it either. Mm -hmm. You want to shut them down. Stop, mm -hmm. stop, stop, stop. So that's an area that I'm, that I love working with people as well mm -hmm. is helping them to, you know, find ways to hold space for those feelings. And, and first of all, that's really about a change in perspective. It's about mm. an understanding that your children's emotions are, you know, your children releasing their emotions, excuse me, is simply a healthy part of being a human. Mm. And I talk to them about, it's an elimination system. You know, we perspire to eliminate too much heat from our bodies. We, mm -hmm. you know, use the toilet to eliminate excess food. We let our emotions out and they need to come out in the mm -hmm. same way as we need to go to the toilet and we need to perspire and all of those things. It's just a natural elimination system. So teaching people to look at emotional release, not a tantrum, not a method. It's an emotional release yeah. and to view it as a positive thing. Yeah to view it as a necessary thing, to help them with language around it and um, how to hold space for it and simply let it be mm -hmm. and let our children feel things right to their edges. Um, so that's a really, that, that's a place where people struggle hugely. That's mm -hmm. probably the number one thing that people struggle with is, you know, how do I get my child to stop having a tantrum yeah. or stop having a meltdown? No, you can't. And I think part of that is that it's extremely difficult to tolerate seeing someone you love in pain yeah. or, 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 or feeling upset. You, you just want to soothe. You want to, yeah, you want to shut it down. You want, you, you feel like I, because it's pain, it's so painful to see, isn't it? And, and the holding space is, is, is a, is, is a skill you know, mm. as you say that, it, and especially, I mean, as a therapist, I, I find it quite easy to hold space for my clients because I'm not, you know, emotionally invested in them. But when it's someone mm -hmm. you love, it's, it's, it's hugely painful for yourself sometimes, isn't it? To see someone yeah. going through a hard time and um, yeah, not many people can tolerate that. 
No, exactly. And I think, as you say, there's, there's two things. One, it's really hard to see somebody in pain and you want it to go away. And, and, and sometimes parents think, I'm a bad parent. Yes. You know, because I always ask you know, people, what are you thinking about your child in that moment? You know, and what do you think about yourself? Because people are sometimes thinking, my child's a bad child, or there's mm. something wrong with them, or I'm a bad mother, and there's something mm. wrong with me. So, um, and there's also, though, then our conditioning, our own programming. If there was no space held for our big emotions mm. as children, it's very hard to create a new map, a new territory that where, where this, we, we don't have experience. We mm. don't have a model for this. Mm. And you know, particularly in moments of stress, our old conditioning, no matter how much work we've done on it, tends to rise mm, up. Mm. In, because it's not held in your head, it's held mm. in your body. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so that, that is a hard one. But it's, it's one of the most, um, what would I say, transformational things. Simply being able to hold space for your okay. children's feelings is one of the most transformational things for your relationship. Okay, that's really good because I was um, I was going to ask you, you know, you know, what is one of the like sort of like your top tip if you like. So it sounds like that's it, holding space. Yeah. And when you say uh, holding space, is that only when? Because um, that's not a term that I think everybody will will be familiar with. Is that mm. only, is that when when a child is having a difficult emotion or in times of joy or how could you use that holding space within family life on a day to day basis? Holding space is really simply about allowing your child to express themselves, whether it's joy. But I think we find that easy, you know, mm. with joy and excitement and whatever. Um, or but you do get the calm down, don't you, though? Yeah, you do. And don't again, get too excited. Calm yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> keep it all under control. Um, but I think it's I think where we find it most useful and most beneficial and and is a is a stretch. For mm. a lot of people, and was certainly for me, and still is sometimes, um, is when our child is having a big meltdown. And you know, my kids are at an age where theirs could be slamming the doors mm -hmm. and stomping around and shouting and telling me they hate me. You know, so um, and it's about simply going, "I hear you," and staying calm. Mm. I hear you. Mm. I'm here for you. Mm. I can mm. see you're having a hard time. Mm. And, and one of the things I also say to people but flipping the script is your child is not giving you a hard time. Your child is having a hard time. Right. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. 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 So what I, cause I get, my child is, is five and a half and I get door slamming and, mm. um, lots of kind of screaming and hissing and growling, which I'm okay with, but sometimes he'll punch stuff yeah. and, or, or slam doors or throw things. And I, I say, it, I can see you're really angry. I can see you're angry. It's okay. It's not mm. okay to, throw things or break things would you agree I mean you do have would you agree that you have to have some boundaries or or do you just yeah I mean breaking things is obviously uh you know um but I think in in the moment of it happening um it's kind of difficult because your mm. child is not operating from their prefrontal mm. cortex when they're having a meltdown they're operating from their primitive brain back here they've lost yeah. control so if if they're breaking things or you know kicking something that's going mm. to break 
um, yes, I might say, I can't let you do that, but mm. I would maybe hold, hold them, hold, you know, mm. but very gently and mm. whatever. So yes, but I would then talk outside of the actual big moment right. about things like, you know, we, in, in this home, we respect our property and, you know, that that's mm. part of, of who mm -hmm. we are. And we try mm -hmm. to do that, you know, so... Um, but yes, in, in the moment, you may have to, I physically restrained my kids mm -hmm. sometimes, but not in an angry yeah. way, but mm -hmm. that, you know, I can't let you do that. I, mean, I can't, let, can't let you hurt yourself. Yeah. I've had that as well. Yeah. yeah. I've had the, you know, yeah, yeah. you yeah. know, the hurting of self. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to let you hurt yourself. You know, that, mm -hmm. I've had that as well. Um, and this is hard. Don't get mm -hmm. me wrong. This is hard, but it is about remaining calm, about seeing that, your child is having a hard time, not giving mm. you a hard time. Mm. This mean this says nothing about you as a parent. Nothing. So do not get into, oh my God, my mm. bad parent. Oh my mm. God. You know, and it's about detaching yourself a little bit from the, from the emotion. It's their storm. You do, mm. it's not your storm. And just allow, allowing it, as you say with phrase, like, I can see you're having a hard time. I can see you're really angry. And also giving our kids emotional vocabulary which mm -hmm. I didn't have any as a child mm -hmm. you know is so using you know I can see not just I can see you're really angry I can mm -hmm. see you're frustrated because that game won't load mm -hmm. for you mm -hmm. or I can see that you're disappointed that you can't see your friend today mm -hmm. so adding in those words to help your child understand their own feelings mm -hmm. so I would always, if the, you're saying, I can see you're angry, I will add what I can see why. You, I, I can see you're frustrated. I can see you're disappointed. I can see you're feeling embarrassed. I can see you're feeling humiliated. I can see you're feeling sad, mm -hmm. you know, and that, and it's just, I'm here for you. I'm not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. I love you. Mm -hmm. I love you is a great one just to throw in there mm -hmm. because your child is not expecting you to love them in that mm -hmm. moment, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, as I say, I have made the mistake in the past where it, be, it was very obvious to my kids that I, that, that, well, to them that I didn't love them, yeah. you know, but yeah. I did, but you know, so I love you. I'm here for you. I'm not going anywhere. I will sit with you, you know? And mm -hmm. then as I say, outside of that, you can have conversations about, mm -hmm. you know, can we try not to slam doors? You know, I've mm -hmm. asked my kids, and we talk, have this conversation regularly. Mm. What can you do instead of slamming a door? Mm. Now, mm. I slam doors. Mm. It feels last, great. I slammed the door. I'm not saying I slammed the door five years ago. I slammed mm. one last week. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, and I will ask them about what they can do. So, you know, they've come up with things themselves, like they can punch a pillow. Mm -hmm. You know, I tell them what helps me is I can, if I jump up and down, mm. you know, mm -hmm. um, it helps me or... I might need, you know, one of my children has built a little den in his room and he will sim say sometimes, I will just go there. I just, mm -hmm. I need some time on my own. Um, they've come up with things like, I can go and kick a football outside mm -hmm. against the wall mm -hmm. or slam a tennis racket, a tennis ball against the mm -hmm. wall. Or now, most of the time they don't remember those things. Yeah. They'll remember the punch a pillow one often because we've mm -hmm. talked about that since they were quite young. Um, and, you know, I just, it's about, it's about getting to a place where you're okay with them expressing anger. And yeah. that's really hard because I didn't grow up with it being okay to express anger. Mm. No, I didn't. Most of us didn't. Mm, mm. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, yes. Suffering silence. <laughs> yeah. 
being angry was right. naughty. Like completely frowned mm. upon if you expressed mm. anger, you would, you know, like what? Like, no. So it's hard. It, it is hard, but it gets easier. But like anything, it gets easier with practice. Mm. That's it. it practice. So it, it, you know, practice, 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 practice. Mm. Um, and you get it wrong. And it's like, you know, rupture, reflect, repair. Okay, because that mm-hmm. happens in this house all the time. So, you know, I've slammed the door, I've criticized you, you know, so there's a rupture. Mm. I reflect on it and go, okay, I'm not happy with how I showed up there. That's not who I am. Mm. Um, and then repair, go in and apologize mm-hmm. to my child and say, mm-hmm. you know, I'm re- like, there's a lot of apologies mm. happening in this house. Yeah, um, yeah, me too. You know, I'm really sorry that I spoke to you in that way. That mm. wasn't okay. And the, here is the most powerful thing about an apology that I have learned only in the last six months. I wish I had done this instead. Oh, okay. Because when we apologize to our children, um, it can be kind of meaningless. Mm. Because, you know, I'm really sorry I spoke to you that way. And they're like, well, you spoke to me that way half an hour ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. But if we go in with, I'm really sorry I spoke to you in that way. Like I had an example of this last week. I went into Max and said, I'm really sorry I spoke to you that way. That sounded really critical. I wish what I had said to you instead was, will you come and help me? Because I want to stop doing something. You know, mm-hmm. I, you know, so I wish I had said this instead or I mm-hmm. wish I had done this instead. Mm-hmm. And that's really powerful because it shows your child that you've actually thought about it, that you're not making an empty apology. Yeah, yeah. And also models that for them it models for them i will often say to my kids i have reflected and i'll use that word because i want them to know that word i have reflected on my behavior and how i showed up there and i'm not happy about it and this is what i wish i'd done instead Mm -hmm. and then they'll mirror that back to me Mm -hmm. and you get a chance to say what you wanted to say anyway you get to say it exactly and then they'll mirror that back to me and they'll say mommy i'm sorry I did this. I wish I had done this or I should have. They'll tend to say Mm -hmm. should. I should have done this instead. Mm -hmm. And that's very powerful skill for them to learn for their lives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, this is, um, this is all great stuff. And both of us have the joys of teenage years to come. So I'm sure that they will be, uh, all all of these skills will, will come, hopefully come into their own. I mean, I, I still have, I have cold sweats thinking about teenage years already, but yeah. um, well, no, my eldest is ten, so he goes to high school in September or mm-hmm. whenever, <laughs> whenever we get back to school. So, you know, I yeah, no, I have cold sweats about that. It's um, a big change. It's a big change, but you know, here is the deal. The deal is that the older your children become, the less control in inverted commas you have over them you we never have control over them anyway but we have an illusion that we have and we can we can buy into that illusion when they're younger but the older that they get the less of that you have so the only thing you hope that you might have is influence Mm -hmm. and influence is only born out of relationship Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's what the the Gabor Mate book is is about holding on to your kids because come uh, 11 12 13 you can lose them to a whole different world and they don't want to eat with you they don't want to talk to you they hate you they, and and he goes through all the reasons why why that is and, and what you can do and it is a lot of it is about yeah just be doing things that they like and 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 being with them and having a relationship and spending time with them and rather than just being dismissive so i, I guess you're laying the foundations for that time yeah and now 
and joining them in their world mm. you know even if you don't understand that world or you don't and i think you know this is one of the biggest struggles i feel for this our generation is that we are growing up with tech savvy kids and mm. kids who are playing games and who are doing stuff that we didn't do and 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 which we may and i'll hold my hand up feel there's limited value in okay mm -hmm. so you know but i have a, i have if i don't accept the things my child is interested in my child picks the message up as you don't accept me mm -hmm. that's it it doesn't mm. matter this business of oh focus on the behavior not the mm. child it, for children it doesn't work it doesn't mm. work if you tell if, if you you know I, I i think minecraft is rubbish which i don't mm. by the way but as an example mm. if i say no minecraft is rubbish the child thinks i'm rubbish because mm. i like mm. minecraft mm. so you know so it's about meeting them in their world so i do like they'll show me um you know, Roblox that the older one is playing. My, my older one has his own YouTube channel. He made right. it about four weeks ago. And, mm -hmm. and he, he puts a, a video up of him and his friends playing Roblox nearly every day. Now, is that something that I think is, oh, wonderful? No, but, <laughs> you know, but I have to support him because that's important mm. to him. Mm. And I mm. will say my word, you set up a YouTube channel at 10, but then nobody telling mm. you how to do it or... Mm. And have figured out how to screen record and edit mm. and everything mm. else all yourself. And I will watch, yeah, parts of the videos. And, you know, they're, they're, they're doing a lot of Minecraft stuff at the minute as well. And it's like, mommy, what sort of house do you want me to create? So I'll tell them. And then I have mm. to go and look at everything in the house. So if I don't join them in their mm. world, how can I expect them to join me in mine? Mm. I, mm. I want to go for a walk mm. for two hours. Mm. But, you know, and they want to play Minecraft for two hours. Mm. So if I want them to come for the walk with me for two hours, I have to get into mm. their world as well. Mm. Oh, this is, you've made me feel bad about something I've done recently. <laughs> I've, I've, yeah, that's something I struggle with. You know, the, some of the programs my son watches and he obviously loves them, but they are so annoying. <laughs> so yeah. So, so terrible, so dull, so annoying that we've just said, look, you, please watch something else. You can't do that. And so now I'm thinking, and he genuinely loves it. So I'm just thinking, oh, goodness, have, we, have I sort of like quashed something that's really important to you? But it's a well, work in progress, isn't it? It's a work in progress. It's a work in progress, you know. And, you know, sometimes it's, I mean, sometimes I will just say to the kids, look, I know that you really like that. I don't. It's not mm, for me. Yeah. But I know that there are things that I like. And you don't. So yeah, that's yeah. okay. And mine are at an age nine and 10 where that sort of makes sense mm, to them, you know? Mm. So, and they have an acceptance of a, there's a separation and there are things mm. mommy likes to do and things that we like to do. But so long mm. as I'm not, not accepting them in that moment and, you know, it's, you know, it's fine. And yes, they'll, they'll sometimes be watching something on television that they'll say, mommy, will come and come and sit with us and watch this. And I will go, I'll come and sit with you and watch if you watch something else. Yeah. Really, guys, I have no interest in that. Mm. I know you love it and that's fine. Mm. And you can watch all the episodes of The Next Step or whatever it is mm. yourselves. But no, I don't want to watch it. Mm. Mm. Okay. But I'd love to watch something with you because I want to sit with you and, yeah. you know. Let's find something we all like. Let's find something else. Exactly. Okay, well, that's, we'll come to the end of the interview there. And that's just been fantastic. You've given some really great insight into conscious parenting and, and I'm sure for many people that will be the first time they've heard about it. And yep. it really is something that I wish more people knew about. So, yeah. and we've got some great tips there as well. So, so thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Brilliant.
It was really great having Yvonne on the podcast today and I certainly learned some super tips that I can use. Um, if you want to get in touch with Yvonne, best place to find her is over on Instagram and her Instagram handle is This Parenting Adventure. I'll put a link in the show notes so you can check her out if you want to. Thanks. Thank you.